Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Nerd and One Shot College Football Talk podcast. As always, my name is RJ, and joining me is a man whose picks are almost as good as deep-fried county fair food. It's Mark. Mark, I've got a question for you. Have you ever been to the county fair? Oh, man, I don't know if I have been to the actual county fair. I've been to some fairs. I don't know if they were the county fairs or not. I mean, fair food's good. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big dude, so anything deep-fried, uh, I'm pretty much good for that, so I'm in yeah, yeah. Now, I have to ask you, what is your opinion on, like, the fair carnival rides? Are, are you all about those, or are you not letting, not getting on heavy machinery operated by people who may or may not have more tattoos than teeth? Zero uh, percent chance I'm going in, getting on any of those rides. Zero percent chance. I don't trust anything put together by a carny or anybody who may or may not have even graduated high school. I shouldn't probably pass judgment like that, but hey, you passed the first judgment, so I'll judge some too. Um, but no, I mean, I've seen too many of those horrific videos on like Facebook and stuff where th- things break, people die, people lose limbs. Nah, I'm good. Not for a, not for a five minute ride or anything like that. Oh, see, that was, that, that was my, my life growing up was my parents would give me a, you know, a 20 or something and say, here, go, go ride all the rides you want to. So I uh I have a soft spot for those rides. Now as I'm older I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but I'll probably still ride them once I have kids and they want to go on. Good job. Way to keep so. them in business. I'm proud of you. S- support small business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh that said, I got to ask, what is your all-time go-to fair food? I'm probably going to stick with like uh cheese curds, something simple. Um, or like the, the potato that they spiral with, uh, so, sometimes they oh, do it with like yeah, a drill the spiral spuds. and they cover it with cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm about that life too. Pretty much anything smothered in cheese yeah. or fried cheese. I'm in there. Yeah. That's, those are both good picks. Uh, my go-to, I, I actually got it tonight, today. It's a frozen cheesecake on a stick dipped in chocolate, like the, the hard shell chocolate. Oh yeah. I I eat that thing like a drumstick and I I have no regrets. You you but and I your think that's enough. you and your dang sweet tooth. Let's let's go ahead and get into some oh, sweet yeah. college football games instead though. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk the noon window on Saturday. And uh, the very first game that I've got circled here is Kentucky at Ole Miss and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this one because I I don't really know what to think about this one, quite honestly. Well, I can't wait to hear about how much you're going to hate on Kentucky, because that seems to be your theme this year. Um, I know you're you're definitely not a fan of them. They're a basketball school. (laughs) They're a basketball school. I think Ole Miss is an interesting team coming in. Uh, They're a team in the SEC that we haven't really heard anything about. I don't really know too much about them, other than the things that we were kind of looking up a little bit. Um, So I think that's definitely interesting. I believe Jackson Darts, their quarterback, transferred in from USC. So um, highly touted recruit. I'm trying to find a little bit more playing time, a little bit better fit in Ole Miss. I think that'll be uh, an interesting thing to watch. I think he has to take care of the ball and kind of take a step back and be a little bit more of a game manager for this game. I think that's going to be kind of a key because Will Levis uh, is definitely known to to, to give the ball up a little bit. He has four interceptions on the year, so I think that's going to be key. Plus, Old Miss le- likes to, to lean on that run game a little bit. They uh, they have a running back that's about 500 yards already this season, so 
obviously we're talking a lot about quarterbacks getting ready to hit a thousand yards to have a to have a running back already eclipsing half a century is is pretty impressive I think so I I like Ole Miss um, in this one mainly because I think their offensive prowler is enough to to overpower Kentucky stout defense and put a little bit of pressure on uh, Will Levis in the offense like you said I'm a little bit of a Kentucky hater this year partially because again they're a basketball school but with all that said, I love the fact that Ole Miss is pounding the ball. 280 yards per game compared to, to Kentucky's, you ready for this? 81 yards per game rushing the ball. Now, I could understand that if they were then turning around and throwing the ball all over the yard, but less than 300 yards passing per game? That makes me a little bit concerned that maybe, just maybe, Kentucky's not going to be able to to score as much as as we think they might. And so it it annoys me that number seven Kentucky is a underdog by six and a half points, according to Vegas. And FPI has Ole Miss as a 78.5% favorite. I think that goes into a little bit of what I was saying about, okay, Kentucky needs to not be where they are because their only win against the Power 5 team is at Florida, who was drastically overrated after week one. So I think I like Ole Miss here, but I would not actually be surprised to see Kentucky come out and take this one. I don't know why, just call it a gut feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny to hear you say that that's a gut feeling when I think it would almost make a good Christmas present for you to see Kentucky get booted out of the top 10. You would think that your stomach would be rolling a little bit more with Old Miss, but... A little bit interesting out of you. I do think the matchup is what's got me a little bit twisted, only because Kentucky does rely on uh, the passing game, which Ole Miss doesn't really do great against defending it. So I definitely think there's some matchup things. Same thing if if Kentucky can find a way to make them one-dimensional and make Jackson Dart beat them. I definitely think... Kentucky has a better chance, and I think Kentucky has a defense to do that. It's just whether or not they'll be able to do it. Um, if Ole Miss can really stay dedicated to uh, running the ball, stay in balance, and let Jackson Dart make the throws when he needs to, I think Ole Miss is going to find a, a pretty easy win. But if Kentucky can find a way to make them a little bit more one-dimensional, I think that's Kentucky's way to win. Well, and I think that's my concern, is that we, we see, I would say, Ole Miss rely so heavily on the run and not really care about the pass. Well, that's the exact same formula that Florida used, and we saw how that worked for Kentucky. So I guess that makes me a little bit concerned that even though I think Ole Miss might be the overall better team, it's just not a very good matchup for them. So I guess that's why I I think that Kentucky does have a shot here. And actually, I think this one's going to be a pretty tight game. I think six and a half is a little bit generous, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. It opened up closer to 4-2, so I, I think it's interesting to see some of that line movement um, the way it is. But I, I definitely, I'm sticking with Ole Miss. Did I flip you to Kentucky? I No, I'm going to stick with Ole Miss. Again, I think they're a little bit better team. I think that, I think that they at least have the complementary pieces where they're going to come and run, basically try and run down Kentucky's throat, and it's going to be run, 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 run. That said, if Kentucky gets up by 10 or 14 early, I think it will be Kentucky. Uh, Curious, what's the over-under? Is it low 50s? So the over-under for this game is 55 and a half. 
Where are you thinking on that one? I think that's to, uh, pretty spot on. I think it's a little bit too close for, for comfort for me, only because, again, Kentucky relies a lot on their defense. So um, I could see it kind of being right at that or under. I was hoping it was going to be closer like 52, um, 53, 51, somewhere in there. Um, that's where I would think about taking a little bit more. Um, it's just too too close for comfort for me. I'm probably going to lean away. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's – definitely fair i think this one's going to be a little bit of a slugfest and again just kind of that clash of styles and that we're going to see kentucky throwing the ball a little bit more we're going to see ole miss run the, the ball a little bit more and it's going to come down to who can can execute their game plan i think so i have ole miss you have ole miss but we both like kentucky to cover that six and a half it sounds like and not really a fan of that over under yeah why don't we go ahead and move on to maybe our first bounce back game of the week uh, with Oklahoma versus TCU. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this one. You were all over Oklahoma. You thought they were going to roll last week. Obviously didn't quite happen for them. This one time for a bounce back. They're a six and a half point favorite, 65.5% chance according to FPI. Do you like them to bounce back or do you think that TCU is going to get the upset once again here? I like them to bounce back. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel has been has actually been one of the more electric transfer quarterbacks. I think he's done really well for Oklahoma. I definitely think he's under the radar too. I mean, obviously you've been really high on Penix, which has then started to cause me to be a little bit high on Penix, but really their stats are pretty similar. So they're not too far apart and uh, Dylan Gabriel is doing really well in the offense and Oklahoma just didn't play the best in their defense just did not really show up. I mean, when when you give up over 150 rushing yards to the quarterback, that's a little iffy, especially when you also then give up uh, what, two, 250, 200-plus passing yards to a quarterback who's been struggling with passing. So that makes me a little bit nervous more on the defensive side. But, again, they're going to they're gonna face another quarterback that's similar. Right? They're, they're, they're facing Duggins, who's a little bit more of that game manager. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week. He's not necessarily going to win a game for you. Um, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think he's going to lose a game either. He's been taking care of the ball, which is a really good quality to have. But I think Oklahoma is going to come in with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, which kind of gives them that extra edge. So I think that bounce back mindset is really what's going to push them forward in this game. So I think it, I think it'll be a little bit close early on, but then I just think Oklahoma lets that chip on the shoulder, uh, lets it loose and lets it swing a little bit. Well, and you mentioned how much trouble they struggled with, with a, a dual threat quarterback last week. And I, I do think that Martinez is a dual threat quarterback at his heart. Um, and that's, that's really not, Dugan here he's not really a, ru- a runner of the ball not I mean I'm sure that he can pick up yards but that's not what he's looking to do and for that reason I like Oklahoma here I think that I think that Gabriel is the better overall quarterback and when you just go straight quarterback v quarterback I like Gabriel I like Oklahoma and I think this one's going to be a little bit of a shootout though because both teams are going to be trying to throw the ball all over the place I agree. What's uh what's the over under at? This one's 67 and a half, which I think is just a little bit too high for me to feel comfortable here. I think Oklahoma's defense is probably a little bit stouter than they showed last week. So I'm not a hundred percent comfortable saying that Oklahoma is going to 
or sorry, that TCU is going to score enough to make that comfortable. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, I'll take the over, and I'll probably even take Oklahoma on the spread. Again, I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a huge bounce back mentality. I think TCU is a good team, so I'm going to count on them for 21, 24. That's kind of where I'm expecting them to be at. But I'm expecting Oklahoma to put up almost 50 on their own. Um, so with that kind of mindset. That's where I, I'll take the over. As long as it's not outrageously high, I was probably going to take this over no matter what. Only because, again, I'm expecting Dylan Gabriel to take it a little bit personally. Oklahoma to take it a little bit more personally. We can't lose recruits in this in this day and age either. So I think they come back and try to slap him in the mouth. See, I'm just imagining the Jordan meme of, and I took that personally, uh, but with Dylan Gabriel's face plastered on it. So now, now everyone else can enjoy that mental image with me as we talk about the team that beat Oklahoma last week in Kansas State, this week hosting Texas Tech, a team that I think has surprised us a little bit, not one that we were real high on at the beginning of the season, but I think that they've shown that, hey, you know, maybe they're, they might not necessarily be for real, but they're not a uh, bad team by any means. No, I definitely think they're finding their balance. I think they're relying a little bit less on Martinez's arm and a little bit more on the run game, including Martinez's run game, which I think is, is vastly important. We've talked so much about the quarterbacks that are getting ready to eclipse a thousand or have already done so in, in three or four games. How about Adrian Martinez? Gang rates eclipse 600 this next game. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's, That's a key uh, thing. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. He's at 538 right now, so it's not a given by any means, but I'd like to think that he'll probably get there. Obviously, as I said, dual threat quarterback. And Kansas State here, the favorite on paper, 68.8% chance of winning by FPI, 8-point favorite by Vegas, and of course, ranked higher, 25th as opposed to unranked Texas Tech. You like the upset here? I know that you were really down on Kansas State last week. You still down on them, or are you a little bit higher on them? Uh, man, I'm still kind of down on them, because, again, I just don't know what you're going to get for Adrian Martinez. I'm pretty sure in the earlier game this year, he threw for under 100 yards. So, uh, I mean, I, I still can't really trust him. I still think Kansas State's kind of a, a more boring brand of football, because, again, it's it's just like old, almost old-school veer option with the quarterback and those kind of uh, offensive plays. So it's not really my cup of tea. Uh, I am pretty high on Texas Tech. The thing that worries me, though, is Donovan Smith protecting the ball. Uh, with all the offensive numbers comes some interceptions, so I, I wonder if he can get that done or not. Oh, man, this is one that I'm just not sure on. I, I want to go Kansas State just because, I mean, they are so heavily favored, and, I mean, both teams are coming off a big win, though. Texas Tech finds a way to beat Texas. I mean, that's it's huge. So, oh, man, you know what? I'm flipping. I'm going Texas Tech. Red Raiders, Red's ride. I uh, I actually don't hate that pick at all. And in fact, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I like Texas Tech a little bit better. I just, I look at their competition and Kansas State putting up 10 points in the loss to Tulane, putting up 40 points against Mizzou, putting up 41 against Oklahoma. Like, who is this team? You turn around and you look at Texas Tech and 33 points in double overtime win versus Houston, 37 points in the overtime win versus Texas, but only 14 at NC State. So definitely Texas Tech is the more tested team with not one, not two, but three, yeah, three top 25 matchups and they're three and or in their two and one in that. 
So I definitely think they're the more tested team. They might be the better team. Man, I'm see now I'm doubting myself because because I was thinking Texas Tech. I also think like game plan wise too. I think Texas Tech has an easier chance because I mean if you can start packing a box with eight um, players, nine players, stop the run, make Adrian Martinez beat him, beat you with his arm. If he can do that and he can keep up with the air raid offense that has been fairly steady throughout the season, then, hey, more power to Kansas State. I'll give him some credit next week for sure. If that's if that's the game plan and that's what happens, I'll give it to him. And that's what I would do if I'm Texas Tech. Pack the box, take away the run, make him beat you through the air, and if that's how they win, that's how they win. But that's where I think it favors the air raid. I think if, if they become... Again, same thing, Kansas State can't. I mean, they can try to make Texas Tech one-dimensional, but I still think they can run the ball a little bit. They're not necessarily 100% skewed towards passing. Uh, pretty close, but not 100% skewed. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still going Red Raiders. Let's ride. I'll stick I'll stick to it. Yeah, and, and I, you know, looking, diving into their numbers, it does make me feel more comfortable about Texas Tech because Kansas State, 248 rushing yards per game, to 145 passing yards per game. That tells me that if Texas Tech can stop the run, which they're doing a decent job of, 99 yards on the ground, you know, that tells me that Adrian Martinez is going to have to exploit this team through the air. That's um that's concerning to me. So I I, I am going to stick with Texas Tech ultimately. I like the uh, Red Raiders here to get the upset. Sounds like you like them too. We think it's going to be a shootout. Or, or I guess, do we think it's going to be a shootout or do we think that that Adrian Martinez Kansas State offense is going to um, drag down the overall point scoring here? The over under at 57 and a half. Yeah, I'm probably staying away from this one only because, again, the game that I see in my head is Texas Tech finds a way to to kind of make them one dimensional. But Kansas State's going to have to try to run the ball because that's their offense. So they're going to keep the clock running. Texas Texas Tech is going to score the ball. So their time of possession may not be crazy high. So I think the clock will be running quite a bit. And uh, yeah, the the Kansas State offense is what makes me makes me worried. I'm predicting it flutters a little bit this game. So for that, I'm going to probably stay away from the the over under here. Is it fair to say that we might see this one go maybe Kansas State getting as much as 40 minutes of time of possession and still losing this one? Or do you think that's a little bit too much? I think that's a little bit too much, but I definitely think what you're going to see out of hopefully what you see out of Kansas State is they're going to do really well between the 20s. So from their 20 to the opposing 20, I think they're going to do pretty good. I just think the red zone wise they're gonna they're gonna struggle so i think and that's where i think some of the the clock's gonna run off i think texas tech in early downs in the middle of the field will probably give up some some rushing yards and kansas state's not going to abandon that because that's a primarily all of their offense so they're going to stick to it they're going to try to be hard-nosed football so that'll chew up a lot of clock and time of possession so i could see that where obviously air raid's just going to be let's throw the ball let's score let's score fast uh, let's keep the, the clock stopped almost because if any incompletion, clock's going to stop. So that'd be my prediction. That's kind of how I see the game rocking and rolling. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. So let's talk about just a couple other noon games to keep your eye on. Uh, Purdue at Minnesota at newly top 25 Minnesota. Also, number four mission going to Iowa. Iowa finally hit the over last week. I think the over was like 35 and they just barely hit it. Uh, Fun fact for you this week, 
The over-under for that game is 42. I don't know how I feel about that one because I think Michigan might put up close to 42 on their own, but it's Iowa, so I'll probably take the yeah, under. Yeah, I will probably take the under, too. Fade Iowa. <laughs> yes. Always, always, always bet the under on Iowa. So I think that takes us past our noon window and into our afternoon window, unless you've got anything else. If not, go ahead and tell me where you want to start for this afternoon window. Oh, let's go ahead and start with a kind of a forgotten conference. Uh, I don't show them much love, mostly because I'm a Pac-12 fan. And honestly, this is kind of a conference that gets lumped in with us in terms of uh, weakness or should I say strength or uh, whatever way you want to look at it. Uh, let's look at OK State versus Baylor. The Bears. Yes, absolutely. OK State, Baylor, and OK State. Just let, let's let's take a minute to appreciate this number. 51.7 points per game. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. In counterpoint, though, Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Not exactly defensive powerhouses here, but Baylor, on the other hand, only putting up 40.5 points per game. So I guess their offense is really struggling here. FPI has this one leaning towards the Bears 65.3%, but the Cowboys are only a two and a half point dog on the road here. Number nine, Oklahoma State. Number 16, Baylor. I like this one. I think this one's going to be a really fun game to watch. So what do you have your eye on here? I couldn't agree more. Um, the thing that I kind of have my eye on is can Baylor execute a game plan where they force OK State to be one dimensional? Uh, they have a very poor running game. So if they can force uh, okay state to have to run the ball almost kind of the opposite of the game we just talked about if they could almost play coverage and uh, unload the box and and really kind of take the pass away i think that'll be that'll be kind of their key to success i do think okay state has a little bit of the the, the better quarterback sanders nearing 1000 passing 10 touchdowns only one interception so definitely definitely see that but honestly, like you kind of said, I mean, this is the first defense that they're really playing. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty decent defense. Allowing 225 through the air is Baylor. Only allowing 79 and a half rushing yards. I'm not really sure that that rushing yard number is going to go up this game. Like you said, I think Oklahoma State's going to try and throw the ball a little bit. I don't think they're getting nearly as much respect as they should be, though, via FPI. And I like Oklahoma State here. I I like the quarterback matchup for them. I like the offensive matchup for them. I do think it's going to be something where they're going to put up points, they're going to score, and they're going to want a little bit of revenge for what happened last year in the uh, in the Big 12 title game. So I, I like Oklahoma State here. You like them, or or do you think I'm crazy for picking them? I don't think you're crazy. This is another kind of coin flip torn game for me. Um, uh, mostly because normally I always want to, I will always want to ride with the offense. I always like the better quarterback matchup. I always like points. I very rarely ever take off our defense, but normally that gets me into trouble in some of these games. So part of me wants to take Baylor see if the defense can can hold strong against OSU and and really see you know can defense really win championships or early games or oh man you know what give me give me okay state I'll stick to my tried and true let's let's go offensive football let's go modified air raid let's get it I I talked you into it huh nothing like a good flip yep yep love it love it love it hey 
You know, I think it's taken five weeks for us to both flip on the same episode, so I, uh, I'll i I'll take it. We've been pretty consistent with our picks so far. You know, me and my Big 12, I really know so much about the Big 12, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. One thing that I will say in Baylor's favor is their offense, or their defense, is not allowing as many points um, as Oklahoma State's with Definitely some better competition. That said, I'm not really sure. They also had Texas State and looks like Albany, maybe. Yeah, Albany. So those two games kind of puffed that up a little bit. Same with their offense. I just, I think Oklahoma State's going to put up too many points for them to compete here. Over under 56 and a half. We've talked about this on a couple different ones. That feels about right, but I could also see that one getting blown out of the water in you know, the early third quarter. What are your thoughts on this one? Or is this one that you're sticking away from? No, I mean, at this point with, with kind of the belief that I'm having, I got to take the over too. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a, an okay state win where the over doesn't hit only because I think again, Baylor is going to keep it close. So if OK State's really going to pour on the points to a point to where they can't be kept up, which is kind of the game that you and I are predicting, you, you kind of have to to go with your gut instincts there and take that over too. Uh, the over is definitely very gettable if that's the game that you really see playing out in your head, and that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna trust my gut with that as well. I'll take the over. Okay, that makes sense to me. So then let's talk about a, another game. This one not in the Big Twelve, but with Two big SEC teams, Alabama number two, going to Fayetteville, going to Arkansas, number 20 Arkansas, that is. And for this one being a ranked versus ranked matchup, boy, Arkansas is getting no love here. Alabama, 93% chance of winning this one, according to FPI, and a 17-point favorite, according to Vegas. And yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think that's probably accurate. I, I think that we saw Arkansas get exposed just a smidge last week and that you know maybe they can't score as much as they're going to need to against some of these little bit tougher defenses. I think Alabama's offense is probably the best offense that they have faced this year. So to me, I like Alabama here. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's so hard to bet against Bama right now. They're balanced. Same as Arkansas. That's something I was really high on Arkansas for. Alabama's very similar balanced. I mean, the big kickers, they have Bryce Young at quarterback who continues to bolster a Heisman campaign. So just continues to to play at that level. I can't not pick Alabama, but at the same rate, I do want to give a little bit more respect to Arkansas. I would take Arkansas with the points for sure. Um, so I'm going to take Arkansas to cover. I do think Arkansas looks for a bounce back game, has a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth. Again, going back to kind of a little bit of an overreaction in the earlier episode, you know, I think Arkansas beat Arkansas. I don't necessarily think A&M beat Arkansas. And whenever that happens um, as a team, as a, as a player, it just puts a sour taste in your mouth. And that sour taste just lingers in the locker room. Everybody has it. Everybody has a little bit more of an attitude. I, I can definitely see Arkansas covering this. And I also think Arkansas slows down the game. So I'm probably staying away from the over under here too. So uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I do think it will be a little bit slower game. I think that we've seen in these 
tighter matchups, we've seen that Alabama doesn't score quite as much. So I do think 17 will be a little bit hard to, to reach. I do think that you're right and that Arkansas probably sneaks just a little bit under that that 17, gets a little bit of a cover there. So I, I could definitely see that. That said, I think that we're looking at two teams that are very similar, and the only difference is that Alabama is a lot better at what Alabama does than what Ar- than Arkansas is at what Alabama does, if that makes sense. Clear as mud. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So let's quickly move on from that one, and let's move to our third different conference of this window. And the window that I would, or the conference that I think might be the most exciting to watch in the country, that's the ACC and I want to talk about this 22 Wake Forest at 23 Florida State game. What are your thoughts on this one? Because I think this one will be a really interesting game. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, the one thing that I think will be the key difference maker is is going to be the quarterback. I think Sam Hartman has not disappointed. Uh, 962 yards, 13 touch, touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, it's the same two interceptions that he's had since early. So he's taking care of the ball, took care of the ball against Clemson. So I definitely think uh, I think that bodes really well for Wake. Whereas Florida State, I'm still not 100% sure about them on the offensive side. I think that would give the nod. And again, like you were talking about, ACC has been exciting to watch. I definitely think this is going to be uh, a more of an offensive game than anything. Defense may be optional, so I don't know. I, I'm going to give the nod a little bit more towards Sam Hartman. Yeah, I, I like Sam Hartman and I like Wake. I really liked what I saw from them against Clemson this past week. That was probably the most entertaining, one of the most entertaining games of the weekend last weekend uh, with the 51-45 shootout. Obviously, they can put up some big numbers on offense. Meanwhile, I look at Florida State and their four wins coming versus Duquesne, neutral versus LSU in a game that they probably should have lost at Louisville, who has, I think, been a little bit of a disappointment this year, and then versus Boston College, who is, they're a team. That's that's about all I can say about them. So I, I think Wake is probably at least the more tested team, the better team, and I like Sam Hartman here. I think that we're going to see Florida State maybe start to kind of find their spot, which might be in that kind of also receiving votes grouping, but I, I'm not really sure they're a top 25 team, so I don't get the love for Florida State here. They're a six and a half point favorite, 73.4% chance via FPI. I like Wake here. Yeah, I'm with you. So Wake Wake is catching six and a half. Yeah. Well, wow, that's even after the Clemson game. That's that's entertaining to me. Obviously, I mean, I'll take the points where I can get them. Even though I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on Wake outright too, because that's definitely where I where I'm leaning. Um, and obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Wake over Florida State. So yeah. Now that all all that said about the spread and the money line over under here is sixty five and a half. Uh, we saw Wake almost cover that on their own last week at 45. So I, I guess they needed an extra 20 from Clemson, who more than was able to do that. Do you think Florida State and Wake is that same type of game where we see a big high scoring game here? Because that's kind of where I'm leaning here. I think defense is going to be a little bit optional here. Yeah, nope. I'm kind of with you. Um, I like the over. 
I think Wake is going to come out and score lots of points. Florida State's going to have to keep up or get blown out. So I think that's kind of the options. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to probably take the over in that one too. I think that wraps us up for this window, except, oh wait, let's talk one more game in this window because let's talk about everyone's most darling Cinderella, Kansas going to, or well, hosting Iowa State, not going to Iowa State. A, uh, another basketball school making some waves. I, I think I'm a little bit surprised here, and I, I'll say I'll say this: Kansas has gotten some wins that I would not have expected them to get. Seems like a lot of it's coming on their offensive strength. So, what will you be keeping an eye on for this one? Do you think that they can keep it up, or do you think that they kind of start to come back down to earth, and we see some regression to the mean? Uh, man, I don't think I don't think we see a regression here. Uh, you talk about exciting football and shootouts and all that stuff, and we've been talking about that quite a bit in this uh, for this week of college football, and I think we see more of it. I mean, Kansas can score in bunches. I mean, they're averaging near fifty points per game, and somehow is also pretty well balanced too i mean they i think they do lean a little bit towards the run but i mean not not a, or a little bit towards the pass but not not a ton so i mean they're still pretty balanced which is impressive I, they're not necessarily still getting the the love that they probably deserve uh, they were kind of getting a little bit mocked last week when they were playing duke because it was just two basketball schools i mean i, I think duke's a, a pretty a, a decent team as well normally has a pretty good uh, defense and a good win against houston and a good win against west virginia so i think this team's here to play yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you here uh, for, I think, the fourth time this week. We're going to pick, or well, at least I'm going to pick the the dog because I like Kansas here. I I look at their offense and it's, it's not like they're playing scrub teams and they're putting up points. I flip that over to Iowa State, obviously also not playing some scrub teams. They went to Iowa, they faced Baylor, but in those two games... They put up fewer points than Kansas has scored in any one of their games this year. I think Iowa State might struggle to to score with uh, Kansas here, and I see a little bit of a shootout. I think that 58 and a half is probably going to hit, and I think Kansas is going to win this one. Yeah, I mean I, that's pretty much how I see it too. Other than the fact of I'm not I'm not 100% sold on Iowa State scoring a lot. I mean if you look at it, Kansas defense isn't necessarily anything to laugh at. I mean they kept Houston, which I would say is a, a pretty good offensive team. They kept them to about 30 points. So I, I definitely think it's a similar playing style to uh, Iowa State as well. So I, I look at that game as some similarities. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think we both like Kansas here. So if nothing else, maybe take that three and a half that they're being given. So I think that does actually conclude everything for this window. A couple other games to keep an eye on Utah at Oregon state, Ohio state at Rutgers, Northwestern at Penn state and A&M at Mississippi state. Let's see if that uh, A&M offense can get going or if, Maybe just maybe they're going to be in a little bit of trouble here. So anything else on that window? Or are you ready to get into some prime time matchups? Let's go ahead and look at probably one of the best games. And it's coming from a team that gave us a really good game last week. And I have NC State versus Clemson to start off that prime time window. Yeah, I've I've got that game circled too. I think that quite frankly, this game, I'll go ahead and say it. I think this is going to be the game of the week here. 
right here. I think that we're going to see two really good teams. I think that we're going to see two teams whose quarterbacks are going to try and, and uh, you know, put up some numbers here. And I think we're going to see a decent amount of scoring here, which makes me laugh because the over-under on this one is 42 and a half. Uh, Clemson, the six and a half point favorite and 83.5% chance of winning, according to FPI. Am I silly for thinking this one's going to be a little bit higher scoring? Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of think you are. I think this is going to be a defensive matchup. I think NC State's kind of relied a little bit on their defense with uh, Leary not necessarily playing like a, a true NFL-style quarterback that we thought he was going to, um, especially when you start looking at the teams they've played already. I would expect him to separate himself a little bit more. Um, NC State's defense is is pretty pretty stout too i mean if you look at somebody they held texas tech to 14 which is pretty impressive again air raid with a little bit of run in there too as well so i think that's a pretty dynamic offense um, which tells you too that they can kind of defend the pass so i think they're going to force clemson to to lean on some of that balance and lean on some of those running backs and also lean on dj to 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 manage the game not necessarily be an athlete but put them in the right position to win which is something that i i'm not sure dj can do yeah yeah i i think to a certain extent you're right we're we're gonna have to see dj taking those five yard ends those five yards you know those slants to pick up three four yards on second down making a manageable third down i i i'm with you i i think that we could see that the thing is i i just I think that he's good enough to do that. Now, decision-making, maybe that becomes a little bit more of an issue, but I think talent-wise, he's at least good enough to do that. So that's why I have Clemson here. Is that where you're rolling to, or do you think NC State's going to get the road upset here? No, ultimately, I'm, I'm going Clemson. I mean, with all that being said, I do think DJ gets the edge over uh, O'Leary in the quarterback position and i actually I, I do think clemson's defense gets the nod over nc state's defense i think it's going to be a dang close game though i think these these teams are more similar than different which uh should make for an entertaining football game yeah i'm, I'm with you if regardless of whether it's going to be high scoring or not it, it's going to be entertaining i think we're going to see a close game and a good game here i mean i'm definitely going to take the over though just because again anytime you get into the 40s in a college football game it only takes one or two possessions to go differently and it's going to hit so i will definitely take the over even though i i do agree that it's probably going to be a more defensive game I've been on record anytime you get into the the low the low 50s or 40s and they they're actually offensive style quarterbacks I'm taking the over. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Iowa take the over when it's that low. Preach. So, so then let's move on to our second game in this window. And this one we're going to go back to the SEC here. LSU at Auburn, and I know that you had this game highlighted, so why don't you tell me why, because I'm a little bit confused of what to make of these two teams. Yeah, and that's kind of why I have it highlighted. I mean, I think you have LSU team that's trying to find themselves, and it has kind of started to come into a team in Auburn, which is just full of question marks. So I think it's going to ultimately lead into an entertaining football game, which is really why I have it circled. Um, Obviously, this seems to be a little bit of a down year for Auburn and a rebuilding year for LSU. So with that, you kind of get some of that confusion, uh, which ultimately I think is going to be an entertaining game do i think it's necessarily going to be um the cleanest football maybe not but i think entertaining wise um, it'll definitely be a good game and it's definitely worth a tv spot 
again, I think that this is a, a game where, you know, it, it's just, like you said, confusing, I think is the right word. And that Auburn's three and one, but I wouldn't necessarily say they've necessarily played well. LSU, same thing, three and one. I I guess they've played okay. I'm not really convinced. This is another one where I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, well, which of these teams is going to figure themselves out? At the end of the day, I, I think Jane Daniels is going to be the difference maker here, which must be what FPI is looking at because they have LSU as a 58% chance, or sorry, 58.9%, so almost 59% chance of winning this one. And LSU is the nine-point favorite, according to Vegas. So I like Jane Daniels here. I know that he's a Pac-12 guy originally. Is that where you're going to? Yeah, that's definitely where I'm leaning. Um, Jaden Daniels, I definitely think, is a better quarterback. I think he's starting to get used to the scheme, starting to get used to the players at LSU. Obviously, there's always some learning to, to everything, especially when you transfer in. So with all that being said, I definitely think he's the better quarterback. I also look at LSU being able to hold a Mike Leach offense to 16 points. I mean, that's pretty impressive. When you can hold an air raid down uh, to 16 points, I like that a lot. You also look at TJ Finley. Uh, he's struggling at quarterback for Auburn. Four interceptions already, only one touchdown. So that makes it a little bit of a shaky. Only 431 yards. Too. Yeah, he is less than Martinez. So uh, take that uh, information <laughs> very accordingly. And just both phases are definitely struggling. I think they're just over 200 yards, um, maybe. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to LSU. I actually think this is... Actually, I think Auburn gets exposed a little bit here. I think uh, I think LSU covers this as well. I'm I'm actually right there with you. Not to mention the fact that Auburn is 0-4 against the spread. So I think that it's um, very reasonable to think that LSU covers this one. Even though this one is at Auburn, I just... I think LSU's going to, when it's all said and done, just kind of shake out as, as a little bit better team here. So let's move on to one more game. And, I, you know, we talked about how confusing that LSU-Auburn game was. I'm just as confused about this IU-Nebraska game. I have no idea what to make of either of these two teams. And... We saw IU struggle against Western Kentucky. I wouldn't say struggle. They did end up winning that game. We saw them, we definitely saw them struggle against Cincinnati, but start to figure some stuff out, it seemed like. Nebraska has been an absolute mess this year. What, what's going to happen in this game? Yeah, this is another one I have circled. I think it's just going to be a fun game. I mean, you have both teams who are trying to still find themselves. IU is just confused they were they're only what a year two years removed from being a kind of a darling in the big 10 and everybody was talking about them having uh national perspectives and you know they i mean it's just so so not long ago that that was their their identity and now they're like we have no idea who we are we are unstable at quarterback we don't know what we're gonna do so i, I think it's gonna be interesting with that um and i think too that's where i'm leaning more towards my pick i start looking at where is the stability and at least iu has tom allen <laughs> i mean you you, yes. you look at nebraska yeah. they're, they're losing their coach on top of just the the utter confusion of what they are as a school and then more and more stuff's getting leaked out too about um scott frost 
and, you know, being late all the time and not even really putting forth a, a ton of effort. So with all that being pushed out into the media, it's just going to put a, a, a cloud over Nebraska too. Uh, a lot of players are going to be um, questioning things, I think. So I just think there's going to be some clarity issues in Nebraska. I also think too, if you look at the quarterbacks, they're, they're pretty comparable. Um, Connor Bezlax or Bat, yeah, what, yeah. Basilak, you get it. Um, I think he has a slight edge uh, in yards and TDs, uh, but he does have one more interception. Typically, I I'll lean away from the the interceptions, but honestly, I'm I'm gonna anchor everything on the fighting Tom Tom Allen's. So yeah, I I look at these two teams, and I look at a Nebraska team that's one in three, and seems to be finding ways to lose games. And I look at IU, who's three and one, and who just seems to be finding ways to win games. I think that trend is going to continue, even though I do like Nebraska here coming off the bye. So that makes me a little bit questionable about my pick. That said, IU is the underdog here. Six and a half point dog and uh, only has a 39.4% chance of winning this game, according to FPI. That That's weird to me. I think a lot of that comes down to it being at Nebraska with Nebraska coming off of a bye. Even though I like IU, I think I'm going to go Nebraska here. Man, you're, you're, almost, you're almost making me want to flip. <laughs> well, so, so my thought on it is we're going to start seeing more of that Mark Whipple offense really start to take effect here, maybe start to come into play a little bit more. They're going to have basically two weeks to game plan for us to get right, to, to figure everything out. So I'm going to roll with Nebraska. Not sure how I feel about the minus six and a half, though. I, I think I'm staying away from that one. Yeah. The intriguing part too is, I mean, it opened up at uh, Nebraska three and a half point favorites. So, man, I feel like a lot of people know things that I don't know. But you know what? We haven't differed very much this week. So I'll roll the dice. I'll stick with my gut. I'll stick with IU, even though I definitely see what you're talking about. The Whipple offense. Yeah. I'm, Just nah. do it. No, nope, I won't it. do it. I won't do it again. We need some, par- we need some parody. E- even if, even if I take a loss, at least I'll take a loss and I'm not just going to keep agreeing, um, with each other. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go out on a limb, even if it does put me on a little bit of an under streak here, but let's do it. IU baby fight on. All right. All right. Well, that is the, actually the first pick that we've differed on in this, this episode. So that's, uh, I'm kind of impressed with that, honestly. I think that wraps up the primetime window. Some other games to keep an eye on. West Virginia at Texas and Georgia at Missouri. Not really sure how good either of those games will be. I think that West Virginia-Texas game could be interesting. I think Georgia's probably going to roll Missouri, you know, as much as that hurts my heart. But I... uh I can't imagine Missouri, the way that they've looked this year, putting up that big of a fight. So let's get into our late night window. And I think that this one pretty much starts and ends with a team that is near and dear to your heart. USC. Oh, no, wait, let's actually talk Stanford, Oregon. Huh, that was a pretty funny joke. Oh, I I, th- I thought you were USC's new biggest fan with uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. I mean, no, I mean, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I will jump on that bandwagon because, again, I, 
I do think realistically they have probably the best chance of representing the Pac-12 in a playoff situation. So I will hop on that bandwagon, but more so as a conference supporter, um, not necessarily as a USC fan or fanboy, but as a true conference supporter and a true Pac-12 fan and Oregon fan. I will do that. But let's talk about the actually scheduled good game for the After Dark window because the rest of the schedule does not look great and we will run through those quickly and pick them. But we're going to basically talk mostly about Stanford and Oregon. I think this is going to be another interesting game. I think this is another team that seems to be a thorn in the side of Oregon. I know I talked about it last week with uh, Washington State. and I wasn't wrong. Three-point game. Oregon almost found a way to lose, somehow found a way to win. I mean, they're just these teams are always a thorn. So, I mean, if you look at it, uh, technically Oregon has the – the, the losing struggle here of 35-49 all time. The last 10 matchup, uh, matchups, are Oregon's 4-6. and six. So we do not have necessarily the upper hand on Stanford. Never really have. Uh, we've just been fighting for it ever since. This game always just makes me nervous going into it, especially seeing how in the last five, six years, a lot of those losses have been to really good Oregon teams led by uh, Justin Herbert or a Marcus Mariota, and teams that just should not have lost by any any stretch of imagination go into a Stanford team and find a way to lose. So that makes me nervous at any point in time. And I could see it happening this time. I don't think it does. I think Oregon finds a way to prevail. I think Bo Nix um, continues to grow. And at this point, too, like as a fan, I kind of want to see them trust him a little bit more. I'm willing to put up with an interception if that means he can sling the rock and throw for 350, 400 yards. I mean, at this point, let's take the training wheels off. We know what he is. We know he's probably going to get an interception or two. I don't get putting the training wheels on him if he's still going to throw an interception anyway. Like, if he's going to throw an interception, take the training wheels off, let the animal loose, let the man eat, and let's see what happens. Listeners, you couldn't see it, but... What I had written down in my notes from last week was that well, let me let me read it verbatim here. Mark thinks Stanford is a PIA, which if you don't know what PIA stands for, it's pain in the neck. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty pretty clear indication of of how concerned he is about this team, and I I think that's fair. I think that Stanford is definitely down this year, but I think that they're still not a bad team that's and they're a team that's going to give teams trouble. I think that they've shown that. So even though I like Oregon in this game, I think I'm leaning towards uh, Stanford plus 16 and a half here. So I think it's, it is going to be a little bit closer game, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you at all. The, the only way I see it not uh, being close is if Oregon finds a way to step on the gas pedal early, uh, which would cause the way that happens is if they actually kind of listen to the, to what I was saying a little bit in the sense of let let the animal loose. Like, let's live and die by Bo Nix. That includes him running all over the place. That includes him throwing all over the place. Let's, let's see what it does. At this point, I think this is a good opportunity to see what happens. If we find ourselves where we're up, you know, 14-0 in the first, uh, first quarter, uh, early second quarter, whatever, I could see it getting ugly because Stanford's just not built to, to come from behind. Uh, they normally rely pretty heavy on a, a running game and controlling the clock and that kind of game plan. So if Oregon finds a way to get out early and kind of keep the, the pressure on them, they're not really built uh, to come from behind. So you could see Stanford start pressing, uh, also maybe get a turnover or two, and that's where I think Oregon actually 
covers that spread, but I would not blame you at all for taking Stanford uh, plus the points. Is it fair to say that you have a bomance? I wouldn't say a bomance at all. I mean, my relationship with Justin Herbert, his entire playing career, that was a romance. I mean, that dude could not do very many wrong things in my eyes and really still can't. Still think he throws one of the best balls out of any quarterback that I've seen throw a football, uh, which is how I kind of figured he was going to translate to the NFL stage. So I don't feel that same way about Bo Nix, but at the same rate, like at this point, I think this is a good game to see what we have. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily think we're a national championship level team unless, I mean, I mean, who, who knows what Bo Nix is right now? Cause they kind of did the same thing with him at Auburn. They kind of did this whole, like, let's cage the animal. Let's create an offense around you, but also, Hey, make sure you don't do this, 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 put these training wheels on why let's let's see what we let's see what he can do let's let's talk about that team that you do have a little bit of a bromance with uh usc lincoln riley caleb williams hosting arizona state university i know how much you love arizona state university asu here are you rolling with them or should i just go ahead and mark you down for usc yeah mark me down for usc i mean this is a this is pretty cut and dry for me oh yeah, I just don't think ASU can can stand up. I don't I don't think they have the fight to put up with USC. USC coming off of a hard-fought loss too. I think they have a little bit more to show. I think they're going to kind of look for a little bit of a bounce back game even though that they found a way to get the win in Corvallis. I think they're going to look for a little bit of a an offensive bounce back, especially too with it being at home, maybe show off a little bit too. Yeah, I, I think that we're going to see them kind of open up, try and get some style points here, and maybe dismantle this team a little bit. I think ASU is kind of in a tailspin, and I don't think things are going to get easier for them here. So I'm with you. I like USC here. 26 points. I'm staying away from that, but the 61, I could honestly maybe see USC putting that one up on their own. Maybe not quite that much. Actually, I think I might stay away from that one because I'm not sure that Arizona State's going to score nearly enough to get Bingo. there. Bingo. Not sure ASU is going to put up anything. So uh, I, I would probably stay away from that over too. All right. So then we did have one last game to keep an eye on here, uh, which I think is just the Colorado at Arizona matchup. Uh, 0-4 Colorado. I feel like we've talked about them a couple times on this podcast as being the losing team to some other teams. In fact, losses versus TCU, Air Force, Minnesota, and UCLA. Arizona 2-2, two and two, winning against San Diego State and North Dakota State, losing to Mississippi State and Cal. And uh, yeah, I've got Arizona here making Colorado's life, continuing to make Colorado's life miserable. Colorado just doesn't have an offense, man. Yeah, Buffs go, what, 0-5? Is that that what we just yep. said. Yep. Buffs yep. go. Buffs go eight and zero oh and five. I'm riding with Zona and uh, Delora. I think he he can pull it out. He's a he's a pretty good quarterback. Struggled a little bit last week. I think he gets it together. One. I do have one last thing for you, and this is, has nothing to do with the games this week. Well, it has a little bit to do with the games this week. So, your team, Oregon, faces Stanford this week. Next week, Stanford faces Oregon State. And then the week after, they go to Notre Dame. And uh, I think it's been a little too long since we've had a wager. So how would you feel about this? Whoever wins or loses, basically plays better against Stanford, gets, let's go a six-pack of their choice from the uh, the person whose team does worse. I mean, I'm definitely in there 
for that. Uh, we we'll have to we'll have to define on what uh, better is. I mean, if both team wins, what what what? Class oh, I think of, it's who wins by more. Who wins by more? Oh, yeah. Hell, hell yeah, I'll take that then. Oh, awfully confident there for for a guy who said that he's not sure that or a uh, little bit concerned about the Stanford team. At least we have an offense to have questions about. I mean, what the hell does Notre Dame have? Uh, Drew Pinesman. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the real... <laughs> I I can't even keep a straight face in saying that. I mean, it's yikes. No, honestly, the the biggest concern I have, I think this is is probably one of the better slates that we've had um, for for college football all the way through. I think so far it's been kind of more one window is loaded compared to the other. I think there's one to one to three games that you could easily circle that should be fun, should be good games, should be back and forth, plenty of shootouts. That's really awesome. the The biggest thing that I have is I'm gonna need lots and lots and lots of coffee to stay up. It's an 11 p.m. kick for the Oregon game. So please, our listeners out there, our fans out there, please give me good vibes so I can uh, stay awake and not fall asleep on the couch. I will be probably making a fresh pot of coffee at 10.30 p.m. so I can stay awake for that. Um, But I'm excited for it. I'm excited for another great week of college football. Thank you so much for listening. This has been One Jock. And One Nerd, college football talk podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media at One Nerd, One Jock CFB on Twitter. And enjoy your week. Thanks, everyone. 